everybody. Welcome back. I hope you're doing well. We're back in the chair. We're back in the Weekend Sports Rep Podcast. Took a little week off last week because, you know, not a lot going on. I'll be honest with you. It's post-Super Bowl, uh, post-Super Bowl hangover, if you will. And then we had the All-Star Game, the NBA All-Star Game, which, you know, I feel bad for the people that have the Monday through Friday shows, sports shows that have to talk during that time because that is a... There's only a couple of really, really dead areas in the in the world of sports, uh, and the NBA All-Star break is one of them, as well as the MLB All-Star break. That's like one and two, the deadliest time in sports, because there is nothing going on. There's some hockey going on and whatnot, but in terms of like the mainstream, mainstream stuff that you'll see on ESPN and Fox Sports or whatever, uh, it, was, it was pretty dead. It was pretty dead. Not to mention, I mean, spring training, spring training, I don't think had gotten underway yet. It was like just before pitchers and catchers had started reporting. Uh, and, you know, nobody wants, I mean, we don't really want in-depth analysis at spring training, to be honest with you, unless you're MLB Network, which, you know, that's kind of the whole thing. That's kind of your whole deal, you know. But, so I took the week off, took the week off last week. We're here again. There's other stuff going on. We're going to talk about a couple things, uh, starting off with, uh, we're going to talk some baseball. We are going to talk some baseball, but not actual physical like baseball on the, on the diamond. There's some other stuff going on there. I'm going to recap, uh, some basketball up to this point, essentially, uh, and some other things going on. I want to start with though. First thing I want to start with is Cam Newton, Cam Newton, a legendary NFL quarterback, more honestly, more legendary college football quarterback in my opinion he's probably more well known for that than anything in my opinion i think he was probably maybe not i mean he, he had an mvp season in the nfl obviously but i think stories will be told of his heisman winning season uh, at auburn leading them to a national championship that was basically single-handedly one of the most put the team on your back um instances of a quarterback play of quarterback play that i've seen that i can kind of remember to be honest with you because cam newton was just that dude uh so in similar to bo jackson in that sense both from auburn uh kind of auburn or bo jackson didn't have the success at auburn as uh cam newton did but similar kind of mythical feel to it and cam newton kind of has that now in my opinion uh when we look back on that auburn season uh when he was there and when was that those 20 2013, 2012, 2013, maybe 2014, something like that, right around there. Uh, but yeah, legendary season, led them to a national championship, at or, uh, beat Oregon in the national championship game. Uh, one of the great runs in the history of college football. Basically handed Gene Chizik an extra uh, like two years as a head coach uh, at Auburn because of how successful that team was under uh, both Gene Chizik but mainly Cam Newton, how good that team was under Cam Newton. Uh, and it basically gave Gene Chizik an extra two years, which he did not do very much with after that, uh, after Cam Newton had left. So that's kind of, a, you know, he was, he was a, he was a head coach maker. Still kind of was in the NFL as well. But this all leads me to a point that I wanted to talk about, which was just, I think it was yesterday, Saturday. It was either Saturday or Sunday, but this past weekend, uh, there was a video that came out of Cam Newton and, he was having hosting a football uh, tournament type thing. It was a seven on seven type tournament, uh, but it wasn't, you know, just a, in Atlanta, seven on seven. Hey, bring people or whatever, sign up for it. I don't know the exact details of all that stuff, but seven on seven, seven on seven tournament in Atlanta. And then out of nowhere, for some reason, there's a video that starts getting passed around and it's Cam Newton just fighting three people with no problem whatsoever. And it was the most, um, probably the most unbelievable thing I've seen Cam Newton do since he left 
since he left the NFL, probably, and even before that, to be honest with you, maybe not unbelievable, because again, Cam Newton, he's 34 years old, which in football sense, that's pretty old, uh, even at the quarterback position, mainly at the quarterback position of what he, the style of play that he had, it's probably a little bit old, uh, but in most senses of quarterback, that's probably not the oldest thing in the world, especially with how we designate quarterback, the quarterback position in today's world. But um, with that being said, 34 years old is not necessarily an old person uh, in the real world. That is still, he's still, you're still pretty much in your prime uh, at 37 years old. And for whatever reason, this group called a TSP crew, don't know what that is, don't know, never heard of it, but they decided to, I guess, kind of jump Cam Newton, if you will. And Cam Newton, one of the best things about this video is Cam Newton is wearing a hat, uh, one of his classic hats where it's like a... I don't know what you call them. They're not bucket hats, but they're, they're they're like the fedora type, if you will, if that makes sense. But they're not. It's not really fedora like a Pharrell hat, I guess, is what we would we would call them. Uh, but he's got like a Pharrell style hat. But the best part about it is there's his hair is hanging out of the top of the hat. That's the funniest part of this whole thing. The thing that's just a, the thing that sucks for this TSP crew. One, I don't know why you're picking a fight with Cam Newton. Cam Newton is not one of the smaller guys uh, that you'll find in the NFL. Like if you tried to jump Baker Mayfield or something like that, no offense to Baker Mayfield. He might get, you know, he might throw hands too. I don't actually know, but Cam Newton's an interesting choice. He's six foot five, about 245 pounds. And again, 34 years old, not necessarily young in the NFL, but still are still pretty young in like the grand scheme of things. Uh, Not to mention nicknamed Superman. There's just so many, like so many, so many alarm bells that should be ringing in these people's heads. When they think of the idea, let's jump Cam Newton. Let's try to fight Cam Newton. Uh, and obviously, I'm leading up to it. It doesn't go well for them. It's three of them. They all try to fight him. Doesn't go well. He just kind of manhandles every single one of them. He doesn't throw, by the way, wins the fight without throwing a single punch. He's just throwing these dudes around like a, a giant throwing around, you know, uh, tiny people. I, I don't even know how to describe. He looks like Godzilla throwing around buildings in Tokyo or something. He's just... Throwing them around, no big deal. Again, not a single punch thrown. Didn't and, and, uh, from the video that we've seen, he didn't throw a single punch. He was just slinging them around like it was no big deal. These guys were throwing punches. The TSP crew, whatever that is, by the way, dumbest name possible. Now your name, granted, no, no, uh, all press is good press. But TSP crew will now ever, forever be connected with the fact that you had three people in your crew and you were just getting flung around like it was nothing by Cam Newton. Again, very bad decision-making, jumping a guy with the nickname Superman for one, and two is six foot five, 245 pounds. Maybe not in his prime NFL days, but this guy will throw you around like it's no problem because he's a former NFL player and it doesn't really matter at that point, and he kind of showed it. Again, no punches thrown from Cam anyways. These guys were throwing, the other guys were throwing punches, but from Cam... Just grabbing them by their hoodie, just throwing them around, holding them at bay like they were nothing. Like they were like it was children trying like it was Cam Newton was taking children or taking candy from children. I mean, it was really like that. And plus, not to mention the funny part, he looks kind of like a witch because his hat kind of peeks up because his hair is sticking out of it. So it kind of looks like it's peeking up at the top. So he kind of looks like he's got like a witch hat on or something like that. Like he's going out on like a like trick or treating or something. So it's kind of funny. It all together is just really funny. And just that was kind of the trending thing that was happening over this weekend. And it's crazy to me. Like, what are we doing here? What what are the disrespect one to have Cam Newton come back to Atlanta, which is where he's from, put on this. Uh, I don't know if it's a fundraiser or anything like that, but the, just this a community event 
where it's a seven on seven tournament. You can come and play. And for this crew to come there and just disrespect it. And then, and then not only disrespect it, but then just get tossed around like it's nothing. Not only are you never going to be allowed to come back to this event or whatever it was that you guys were doing. You're also now going to forever be known as the guy that was just getting tossed around by Kim. One guy that jumped Cam Newton, which already ding, ding, ding. That's really stupid Two got tossed around in a three V one by Cam Newton. That's what your name will forever be synonymous with now. And that's unfortunate for you guys. Cam Newton walking away from this like a champ. Like he might get signed after this because they're like, dang, this guy's got, he's still got some maneuverability left in him. He's, he's breaking stuff up out here. Granted, these guys weren't the tallest people in the world either. They probably look about maybe 6'1", 6'2", or something like that. And Cam Newton was just slinging him around. Maybe the scouts were looking at that. They're like, wow. Okay, maybe this guy's got something a little bit left in the tank. Maybe he's got a little bit maneuver maneuverability. Maybe not quarterback material, but hey, he's got a little maneuverability. Let's let him do a practice squad or something like that. That's what they're looking at right now. And then, you know what? Who can blame him? Because this is crazy. Like, the, the, the video of it is truly kind of wild. Just to see Cam Newton flinging people around like it's nothing. It really kind of puts into perspective the difference between just normal human beings. Like, even normal high school high school football players putting that in connection or maybe even college players, most college players putting that in comparison with a like MVP caliber, former MVP caliber NFL player and seeing how easy it is just to be, you know, nothing to them. Just like you're, they're tossing air around. Like it's nothing. They're throwing you around like they would throw around, you know, uh, water or uh, uh, pool noodles like that. Like they're just flinging you about like it's nothing, slapping the water with you like it's nothing. And that's that's kind of the difference. I mean, that's what it looks like in that video. That really is what it looks like. Cam Newton just flinging them around like they're water noodles, like they're no big deal, using their momentum against them. I mean, true MVP caliber stuff coming out in the most random of times, uh, hosting a seven on seven football uh, thing, football event in Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, Cam just says, no problem. He says, no problem, no big deal. I eat these. Uh, I got hair sticking out of my hat. I don't know why, but didn't matter to him. He didn't care. And it was one of the cooler videos of the weekend. Just Cam doing Cam things. They reminded me of Cam of old, if you will. I saw it and I was like, wow, I feel like I'm watching the MVP. I feel like I'm watching Superman all over again. But it was, you know, him just fending off some 22-year-old or of TSP crew or whatever it was called. Uh, and like, it was nothing. It was, it was funny. It was really funny to watch. And, uh, Cam, you know, he's just one of the goats, just one of the goats at that. It was, it was awesome. Okay. That was my intro. I wanted to talk about that for a second, just cause that entire video, uh, of the videos that are surfacing of that are all kind of just funny. Um, Cam Newton, again, very disrespectful to Cam Newton coming back to Atlanta, doing something for the community of Atlanta, putting something on as somebody who used to live there, came into a decent amount of wealth, obviously, and was like, Hey, I'll put something on for the community and then be disrespected by members of that community just kind of sucks. But then now he's going to be like, you know, he's already kind of got, like I said, mythical status, if you will, of his Auburn days. This is only going to add to it. Like, Oh, okay. This is the difference that we don't really get to see between NFL players, former NFL players and MVP caliber NFL players and just regular Joe Schmo off the street. That's what it looks like. Speaking of that, you guys remember pros versus Joe's the TV show. We got to bring that back. We got to bring that back because there's we have way too many people, especially now in the Twitter days. We have way too many people that think they could like beat Caitlin Clark in one on one or something like that. We need to bring back pros versus Joe's bring in the Joe's have Caitlin Clark play some Joe uh, in 10, you know, or a game of 10 or whatever. And Caitlin Clark beat him 10 to nothing. We need pro ver pros versus Joe's back that 
Just thought of that. That that should absolutely be a thing that happens or like a field goal kicking contest or something like that. Absolutely should be a thing that happens in today's world with the world that we live in it with uh, social media and Twitter and whatnot. And everybody's got an opinion. That's that's something that we should bring back because pros versus Joe's would kill in today's world. Absolutely kill in today's world. It would be awesome. Anyways, let's move on. Whether it's installing a new system or taking care of what you have, there's a lot to consider when it comes to heating and cooling your home or small business, and that's where Alpine Climate Control excels. See more about the systems they install and service, and even schedule a consultation online at alpineclimatecontrol.com. You can also stop by and see their showroom with all working models of gas fireplaces, pellet stoves, pizza ovens, and more. Alpine Climate Control, just north of Sheridan College at 2705 Coffee Avenue in Sheridan. Let's move on. I want to talk really quickly. Uh, not really quickly. I want to touch on something. I want to talk, touch on some baseball stuff. And mainly, baseball uniforms. They are having a tough, very tough few weeks. I took a week off, and basically the world collapsed on baseball uniforms. For those that don't know, Fanatics, who for some reason has a very uh, bad, well, I mean, I guess now it makes sense, but a, kind of a... a not a great reputation on the internet when it comes to, um, I, I guess, uh, merchandising sales for different teams um, and in different leagues and whatnot. Uh, but Fanatics be- became the new primary uh, uniform deliverer, I guess is what you could say, for all the MLB teams. So they put together the uniforms. They created the way that they would look this season. You know, the, the entire thing, you know, they, they kind of started from scratch, started over it's still white and gray uniforms. They have their bases, obviously, no pun intended, uh, that they have to hit. So white is home, gray is away, that sort of thing. But Fanatics was like, we're starting from scratch. We're going to start it all over. We're going to change some things on the uniform and bingo, bongo, bango. We're make the new uniforms. And then they licensed out the Nike logo. Nike kind of has nothing to do with it from what I understand, other than the fact that they're putting the logo on the actual uniforms, which bad look for Nike. And uh, it's been a disaster, a complete disaster. Um, they look way worse than last year. The players have complained, been complaining about fit and not being the same and more limiting. They don't feel as comfortable in these uniforms as they were before. Uh, and most importantly, most importantly, the players' home white pants, not the grays from what I understand or the, gray to- or the white tops, the pants, the white pants, they're see-through. They're partially see-through, uh, which, as you can guess, is not going to end well for a lot of situations. We're already in spring training, and we have seen some bats and balls, if you will, if that if that analogy works, if that combo works, uh, some bananas and apples, some uh, some uh, twigs and berries, cash and prizes. Uh, some Gladys Knight and the Pips, Frankie and the Boys. We, we've seen it, okay? It's happened already. I hate to break it to you. It's NSFW. Don't go and look it up. But we've gotten some pretty, like, visually stunning images. That's a bad way to phrase that. Some very abrasive and in-your-face moments from these uniforms. Uh, some poor Padre player, whose name I didn't get. I didn't catch the Padre player's name. There's just a photo of it online. Uh, and he's bending over to tie his shoe. Very unfortunate moment because, you know, he's not thinking about anything else. He's thinking about playing baseball, which is what you should be thinking about in this moment in time. You're not thinking about flashing the entire audience. You shouldn't have to think about that when you're just wearing a typical uniform playing baseball. That's not something you have to be worried about. And when he's bent over, 
ta-da, there it is. Just in full view of everybody. It kind of just flashed everybody. It's unfortunate. And uh, yeah, it was, it, it, I did. most people are trying to figure out what happened there, if it was like the cup or anything like that. But mo- everybody knows most bo- baseball players don't wear cups unless you're a catcher, maybe third baseman, maybe first baseman. But other than that, almost none of them wear cups. Uh, so we got a full flash of, you know, the, the staff of life there. And it was very unfortunate. And then we had another one that I think came out before this, actually. And it was a media day, actual media day. This wasn't a rogue photo taken by somebody at spring training watching a game. This was a media player. And it was a Giants baseball player. Leave his privacy to those, you know, leave his, leave his name private, obviously. That's another bad term there, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, leave his privacy intact. Uh, but the Giants player, he was sitting there just doing a typical media day type thing where, you know, you sit down. You put the bat on your shoulder, you know, and you look at the camera looking all cool in full uniform and boom, bang, boom. One thing comes to another full moose knuckle, moose knuckle. Very unfortunate. Just can see the the whole gonads and the, the gonads and everything. It's just very unfortunate. So now everybody's wondering, what are they going to do? Okay. We've had, I, I think a lot of people beforehand, we saw that they were see-through pants and we were like, okay, this is not good, but we don't think that there's going to be a bad situation as far as it has gone early on. We think that maybe it's going to be all right. It's going to be a little see-through. We'll probably get used to it. We probably won't see anything because there's not anybody that plays the game without underwear on, obviously. Um, but we've already gotten some graphic images from it. Not been great. Not been great for the game. Uh, not been great for fanatics mainly. I mean, the game. I don't know if MLB really could care less. To be honest with you, we'll get to that in a second. Um, but it's been not great. So, kind of, we were maybe overreacting at the start of it when it, we just noticed that they were see through. I think it was um, Cal Riley. I think uh, Raleigh. I can't remember how to say his name. He's the catcher for the Mariners. It was the first person that we noticed. That we were like, "Whoa, his pants are tucked in," but I can see or his shirt's tucked into his pants, but I can see his shirt through his pants. That's not good. That could become a problem, but I don't think everybody, anybody actually expected it to happen in the way that it has, where we have gotten just full on, you know, flashing essentially from, uh, from the players, not inadvertently, not on purpose. It has just happened. And you know, they're not trying to do it again. They're just trying to focus on playing baseball. You know, they're not worried about anything. They should not have to worry about anything else in that moment. Other than just playing baseball and inadvertently we've seen some, some of the stuff, you know, we've seen some of the family jewels down there and it's very unfortunate. So people are wondering, not to mention, actually, before I get to that, not to mention the lettering on the back of these jerseys as, you know, some other minor stuff, given the other uh, situation, the lettering on the back of the jersey is a lot smaller, less poppy, if you will. It doesn't pop as well uh, as the previous jerseys than last year's Uh, and then the cuffs on the sleeves at certain in certain pictures, you'll notice the cuffs on the actual sleeves themselves at the bottom of the sleeves are cut off. They're cuffed at different points on the same jerseys. So like I think that we saw the Guardians, they were doing a photo shoot and it was two players standing next to each other supposed to be wearing the same exact jersey. Um, but the cuffs on the bottom of the sleeves are cuffed at two different lengths on the same jersey, essentially. So I don't know if that player had or those players had input on where they wanted those cuffs to be, but it didn't look like it. And in, I mean, even if it did, it looks bad. It doesn't look good because they just look unorganized and it looked like two different people were just making two separate uniforms and decided this is good. And there was no like, you know, final ruling of where the cuff actually has to go. And, you know, they just came out weird. But um, the other thing is uh, that people are wondering if these are going to be recalled or changed due to the negative impact that they've had on um Right. baseball players and basically the MLB because it does look cheap by the MLB. It looks very cheap. It looks like 
you know, they just called somebody up and said, hey, make us some jerseys. It looks like jerseys that you would make uh, for like your traveling baseball team before you get to like the highest level, like the highest high school team, like the, the JV team would get these jerseys before moving up to varsity and getting the best of the best. You know, you get these like kind of crappy JV jerseys uh, that pass down the hand-me-down jerseys that the team uh, at the top used to play with, if that makes sense. That's what it looks like. Uh, and it's not great. It's terrible. And again, a lot of people are wondering if we're going to get a recall of these. And I can promise you, I well, let me, promise is maybe a strong word, but I am about 75% to 80%, 80% sure that there will be no recalling for these jerseys in the MLB, jerseys and pants in the MLB, because they've already sent out a large quantity of these MLB authentic, quote unquote, jerseys. Uh, Fanatics has two sellers. So they're already selling these authentic jerseys online to, you know, the various organizations in the MLB and the ML, the various organizations are allowed to sell them on their website powered through Fanatics. Uh, and with that supply that they've already sent out, there's no way that they're going to recall all of that supply just for the MLB players to have better looking stuff. Uh, they've got spent way too much money sending out and creating these authentic type of jerseys that they can then sell on stores um, that the MLB players are, you know, that are supposed to be the authentic jersey of the teams that are wearing them. So this is the exact same jersey that somebody on the Mariners would wear if they were playing in the game. And again, Mariners is just an example. It's the same for every other team. And again, this is also something that is not collectively bargained. This is just something that is brought up, put together by the owners. They say, here, here's our jersey plans. This is what it's going to look like. Send it out to Fanatics or whoever's creating the jerseys, and they'll do it. Get the, the baseball players, the players themselves, get the jerseys, have them on. There's your uniform for the full season. Again, not collectively bargained. This is not something, In I think a lot of people are forgetting this. This is two, essentially, groups coming together as a you know the players union and then the owners of the MLB coming together an agreement on this is how we're going to play this is the rules that we're going to play with yada 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 CBA collective bargaining agreement whole thing this is not something that is collectively bargained on jerseys are not collectively bargained on by players they're just something that the owners have the right of way the say if you will to do um they say what goes when it comes to jersey hey we i think they i, I think the owners get to vote on who uh, becomes the new Jersey supplier with it being fanatics. I think that's something that does happen. So the owners did get together and they agreed on fanatics becoming the new supplier or whatnot. And then fanatics basically has the ball in their court, if you will, uh, to do whatever they can to make the best jerseys possible. So I don't see a scenario in which the owners are, you know, basically giving up all that money to redo the jerseys again, because the players are unhappy with maybe the fit and even the, you know, the, the, the pipe is being shown at certain points. I cannot imagine a moment. I cannot imagine that happening uh, in the owner driven world that we live in today, because that would be a huge allotment of time for one, because fanatics isn't going to pay for that. Uh, a huge allotment of time for one and a huge allotment of money. Not to mention you have to recall all the authentic jerseys that you've sent out as um, these versions of the jerseys from fanatics recall those and then remake them again and then send them out again as authentics. And that's before the season even starts. We're already in pre we're already in uh, spring training. I don't see a situation where that happens in just a month time. This has been a process that's been going on basically the entire off season. There's no scenario in which they can recall them all back and then send them out again. And just, you know, spring trainings in literally one month. There's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So we're kind of stuck with this, but I also want to twist this in another way. In my opinion, 
this has been unfortunate for the players, obviously, um, who have had to had to put the the jewels on display, obviously. But this has kind of been good for baseball. Bad in the in the in the sense that course. Not a good look. Looks like you've cheapened everything down, but there is not a bigger conversation right now, even in the world of sports, I would say, than the jersey conversation, the uniform conversation that is happening in baseball right now. Nobody would be talking about spring training baseball right now. Okay, we're three, um, maybe a little bit more, you know, 10 days in to spring training baseball. We're like four or five days into having actual games, and we're already talking about baseball. That might be a record. That might be, and and I'm not just talking, you know, MLB Network's talking about this. No, 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 no. I'm talking just run-of-the-mill people that haven't talked about baseball in a long, long time. They're now talking about baseball, and they're talking about the uniforms. That's, uh, you know, well, like I said, all press is good press. And here we are talking about the uniforms. Maybe they'll have people watching uh, more baseball just to see what it looks like, what the uniforms look like, uh, just to see the uniforms. And I know plenty of people that are into the sports-watching situation for um for the uniforms, just to see what they look like, just to see how the uniforms look. They're picking players or picking favorite teams based on uniform colors and uniforms and crests and whatnot. And uh, maybe we get that sort of situation for the MLB here where, you know, hey, I don't love baseball, but I'm very interested to see if we get a flash of something in this game because they're wearing home whites. We got a, a team with a uh, colored top and then home whites as well. That's double the possibility of Something slipping up there. Something slipping up and slipping out, if you know what I'm saying. I feel bad for the players, though. That sucks. It's not great. Again, it just doesn't look good, for one. And from everything that we've heard, uh, the players don't like them either because they're not nearly as comfortable as they were last year. And that's not great. And again, Nike, uh, they're not a spot. I don't think they had any sort of uh, design, uh, their their take on design or anything like that when these uniforms were actually getting made. Um, but they were allowed to license their logo onto the jersey from what i understand and that's basically all they had a say in which that sucks for nike because now it's kind of just become affiliated with uh hey nike's making see-through pants uh for the mlb and everybody can see the johnson if you will if bent over at the correct position and the sun is hitting it right then where everybody there is getting a flash god forbid you have to tie your shoe you know you might as well just crouch down tie it but if you want to or stretching i mean hey we might have people show up like super early to games just to see the guys stretch and see if you can catch something you know i don't know i don't know how this is gonna work but maybe maybe the mlb maybe they're on uh maybe they're doing some next level marketing type stuff i don't know that would be a kind of a first for the mlb to be honest with you that would be you know they were kind of ahead of their time when it came to the streaming service stuff but since then you know they've been one step behind when it comes to marketing and all that sort of stuff so Maybe this is uh maybe this is a master plan in the end. Who knows? I don't know. I have no idea. All I know is it doesn't look great right now, but a lot of people are talking about it. And I'm talking about people that do not watch baseball whatsoever. A lot of people are talking about it. So, I don't know. I, I who knows? Who knows what baseball is going to do? I can almost guarantee. I'm like 80% positive they're not going to be recalling and sending out new jerseys though or new uniforms, remade uniforms. I just don't see a scenario in which that happens because one it's going to cost way too much money and two recalling it will again take an, an exorbitant amount of time as well as more money on top of it. So, I just don't see it. There's no shot. Don't see it whatsoever. The players are just going to have to live with it until next year and maybe they'll fix it again uh in the off season of next year. But for now, we're in in it, with the for the lack of a better term, we're going to be getting the show, if you will, a show from the show, if you will. 
Hi, it's Kathleen and Jack from 307 Real Estate. If you're thinking of buying a property in the near future, the first thing you should do is call your banker or a home loan company and get pre-qualified. That way, you'll know in advance how much you can borrow for your dream home. Great advice, Kathleen. There's nothing worse than finding that perfect home and then finding out you don't qualify. Once qualified, give us a call and we can start looking for that perfect home. We're a Wyoming-based company and here for you, Wyoming. Call Kathleen and Jack at 307 Real Estate, 307-763-1249. You're in heaven living in 307. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk some basketball. Football is over. Leading leading the way towards basketball season. The last half of basketball season, if you will. Uh, baseball season kind of getting there. Spring training, you know. I'm not going to talk too much about it other than the pants and the uniforms and whatnot. But let's talk some... I could talk some basketball because there is a lot of good stuff going on in the association. Let's start with... Offense, it's the big thing in the NBA right now. Uh, it's been an insane offensive explosion. It's kind of been this way for the last few years where offense has just gotten better and better and better and better, uh, basically year after year. To put it into perspective of the offensive output that we've seen this year, just in terms of rating, this isn't the grand scheme of things or anything like that, but just in terms of offensive rating, the 73-9 and nine Warriors, largely touted as probably the greatest offensive team we've ever seen, one of the greatest offensive, you know, groupings of players we've ever seen. Steph Curry in their prime, Clay Thompson in his prime, Draymond Green probably in his prime, especially offensively. Uh, that team, seventy-three and nine, like I said, lost in the finals to the Cavs when the Cavs came back down three-one, uh, but largely accepted as one of the greatest, not just offensive teams, probably teams of all time, but definitely offensive teams of all time. They finished that season, uh, which was 2014, 2015, if I remember correctly, 2015, 2016, something around there. Uh, They finished that season, that historic season, with a 113.5 offensive rating. That would be good for 21st in the league this year. It would be tied for an offensive rating with the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, for those of you that don't know, they're the nine seed right now in the Eastern Conference, and they're 27 and 30. That is the offensive output that we are seeing right now in the NBA. Uh, something probably does need to change, but I don't know what they could change. That game has just progressed so extensively and so quickly uh, in terms of offensive capability in a sh- very, very short amount of time uh, that I don't know how much the defense can really keep up with it. But that is how much has changed in just a mere basically 10 years uh, when it comes to offense. The best offensive team in terms of offensive rating right now is the Boston Celtics. They have a 121.2 offensive rating. If you were to look at the best offensive ratings of all time uh, on a list, like by team, if you were to look at the best offensive ratings of all time, the top one, two, three, four, five, six, five, the top five offensive ratings of all time are happening this season. Celtics, Pacers, Thunder, Clippers, Bucks, and then the 2022-2023 Kings have the sixth the best offensive rating of all time. And then after that, this year's Knicks, this year's Hawks, this year's Sixers, this year this year's Warriors, who are not very good, uh, this year's Suns, and then the Brooklyn Nets in 2020 and 2021. That is the offensive explosion we have that is going on in the NBA. I do think that number is kind of maybe not going to drop off too much, but it is going to fall off just a little bit as we get further into the season. Uh, But 57 games through the season and the Celtics with a 121.2 offensive rating or whatever it was that I just said, uh, one of the best ratings of all time. And, you know, the top five teams in terms of offensive rating have the five 
greatest offensive ratings of all time in the history of the NBA. So that is the offensive explosion that we're seeing. If you want to watch points, that is the that watch the NBA today. That is what we're watching. There's still some pretty good defensive teams. Like the Timberwolves are the best defensive team in terms of rating this season. The Cavaliers are a very good defensive team. The Celtics are also a very good defensive team uh, as well, but not, you know, it, they're facing a different monster, if you will, at this point with uh, how efficient everybody has gotten at playing offense and kind of some of the rules that have changed the way the defense can kind of be played as well in the NBA. But I'll tell you what, if you like watching points being scored, there's not a better way to watch or not a better thing to watch than NBA basketball right now. They are putting on shows. Speaking of the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference, pulling away with the one seed, been far and away the best team in the Eastern Conference. They're like seven and a half games in front of the Cavs, who are the two seed. Uh, and um, yeah, again, just kind of pulling away with the one seed in the Eastern Conference. Speaking of the Cavs, they were the hottest team in January. They finished 11 and two. Win on the league's, uh, I think, the longest win streak this so far in the NBA, if I remember correctly, behind one of the best defenses. Like I said, they're second in defensive rating. Again, defensive rating is not an end-all, be-all by any means, but it's kind of just a good idea of where, you know, it's a good, if you're looking from afar, way to kind of explain what has happened so far in the season and who is the best at offense, who's the best at defense, you know? But there's a, a plenty of other uh, things you can look at, like effective field goal percentage, where the Pacers are the best team in effective field goal percentage, uh, assist ratio, you know, the, the whole the whole spiel. Pace as well is another one that's popular. Um, you can look at a, a bunch of different stuff, but I'm just, just going by offensive and defensive rating right now. Um, and again, Cavs, one of the best teams, second best uh, defensive rating in the league. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, who are the three seed in the Eastern Conference, they have kind of been... The soap opera story of the of the season so far, if you will, it's been a very weird season for the Milwaukee Bucks. They hired Adrian Griffin in the offseason after firing Mike Budenholzer. Uh, apparently, Mike Budenholzer, who was uh, NBA champion head coach for that Bucks team back in 2020-2021, uh, fired Mike Budenholzer. Apparently lost the locker room, that sort of thing. That's one thing you just absolutely cannot do in the NBA is lose the locker room. If that's the point, There's if that's what happens, then... There's no point in keeping the, the train on the tracks. It's already off the tracks, and it's hard to get it back on unless you get rid of the big problem, which was, according to reports, Mike Budenholzer. So they got rid of Mike Budenholzer, hired Adrian Griffin, and after just 43 games, 43 games, he apparently had lost the locker room as well, and he was fired after just 43 games. Not even half, well, a little over half the season, uh, half an NBA season. He made it just, oh, just over half an NBA season. So they fired Adrian Griffin, and guess who comes walking through the door, ladies and gentlemen? If you were unaware, if maybe you're just now tuning into the NBA, didn't know anything, I, I don't know how you would be kind of, how you would avoid this, to be honest with you, how you would avoid this news, but if you weren't paying attention, just take a random guess at who the Bucks hired as their new head coach after Adrian Griffin was was uh, was fired. Was like, just take a random guess. I've I've talked about this person before on this podcast. I've talked about how he has kind of lived off the fruits of very successful previous years, if you will, uh, mainly one previous year, and lived off that for a very long time. That is correct. If you guess Doc Rivers, you ding, 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 you win the grand prize. Yes, Doc Rivers was hired uh, to be the new head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks, famously the head coach with the most Game 7 losses in NBA history, as well as, this is from SB Nation, the... Head coach with that has conceded the most 3-1 leads in NBA history as well. He's conceded three 3-1 leads in NBA playoff history. That means that 23.1%, 
of all three one collapses in NBA playoff history have happened under Doc Rivers, which is, that's a crazy percentage. It's three, three, one leads that he has given up. So this is a guy that, you know, I have said time and again, kind of blows my mind that he is still getting a lot of these jobs, to be honest with you. He's a good, he's a decent coach. I don't think he's necessarily a bad coach, um, but when it comes to playoff time, I don't know how much you can count on him. He's kind of in the same early days as like a Mike, like Mike Budenholzer, who we didn't know how good he could be in the playoffs. He didn't make the adjustments he needed to when he was in the playoffs. And I don't know if Doc Rivers really is the person that has that same, that same um, reputation, but at the very least, we know Doc Rivers is not necessarily person in today's game that is known for uh, winning those big games either. Uh, he won a championship with the Celtics as a head coach back in 2008, 2009. And since then, it's kind of just been a disaster after disaster. Been a very good regular season head coach. He's led many teams to very good regular seasons. Um, but again, the wheels just kind of come off in the during playoff time. Not to mention, um, uh, taking over halfway through the season doesn't help either. That That does not help his chances at riding a ship of any kind, uh, even though they're a good team. Again, Milwaukee Bucks should be a pretty decent team. They traded for Damian Lillard in the offseason, one of the best scoring point guards in the NBA, but they did have to give up a centerpiece of that championship-winning team in Drew Holiday, who has was a defensive centerpiece, one of the one of the better um, defending guards in the league, and they replaced that with offense, and that has hurt them in the long run. Their offense has been a lot better under Damian Lillard, but their defense has since Drew Holiday left kind of fallen off a cliff. Their defense has not looked the same. They've been giving up a ton of points uh, to, you know, I think it was Indiana who won their season series, swept them 4-0 if I remember correctly uh, in their season series and won every game pretty handily And Indiana being one of those teams that has been one of the better offensive teams in the, in the league as well. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens to the Bucks, but they have definitely been the most... Uh, soap opera e, if you will. That's not a word or phrase, but I just made it up. The most soap opera team in the league so far this year, and they'll they'll be an interesting team to watch as we move forward. Uh, and again, Doc Rivers, uh, he is five and seven since being hired on as head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. So not necessarily right at the ship just yet, but again, I, I don't want to make excuses for him. Tough to kind of write that ship. You know, we're early on as well, uh, and you know, a, a guy that had. Start has blown three one leads from the beginning of the season as a head starting in the season as the head coach at the beginning of the season. I don't know how the mid season hire is going to affect him or how it's going to help his mentality in any way. I just that was a that was kind of just a mind numbing hire for me um, by the Milwaukee Bucks. But anyways, we'll see how that ends up. The Knicks. They might actually be good, ladies and gentlemen. The Knicks might actually be good. Jalen Brunson playing as good if not better than any Nick that I can remember in the last 20 years. Yes, better better than the Carmelo years, probably dating back to the Ewing years, if I dare say so myself. That's how good Jalen Brunson is playing in a Nick uniform. As good as any Nick has played in a long time, in my opinion. And um, he's maybe not MVP, but he's putting up, at the very least, um, MVP on MVP watch numbers, if that makes sense. He's been very, very good um, and made the all-star team this year. That's been a fantastic signing by the Knicks. One of few signings that they've been able to actually pull off in free agency and Knicks fans have kind of paid, um, paid him off for it. 
He's been showered in cheers by Nick fans and uh, quickly becoming a Nick fan favorite for a lot of Knicks fans. And again, they are uh, a very good team. Tom Thibodeau is the head coach of this team, uh, and his defensive fingerprints are all over this team. They're a very good defensive team. Maybe not Jalen Brunson or Julius Randle, the two scoring juggernauts, but the guys around them are very good defensive players. Uh, and OG Ananubi, who they traded for, earlier in the season has turned out to be a very good pickup for them as well. They did lose OG Ananubi and uh, Julius Randle for a decent, they have lost him for a decent amount of time. I don't, I think Ananubi got injured early in February and he's been out for a while with an elbow injury. Same thing with Julius Randle. He got hurt. I think he got hurt even earlier than that. Uh, and he's been dealing with a shoulder injury and apparently they might be looking at doing surgery on his shoulder and he's trying to avoid that as much as possible to be ready for playoff time and whatnot. So We'll see if they can kind of hold on uh, and maybe be good enough to make some noise, make some noise in the playoffs. Uh, the Sixers, who are coming into the season with a whole lot of preseason expectations, obviously, uh, they are the five seed right now behind the New York Knicks, who are the four seed. Uh, the Sixers lost, uh, Ju- uh, I almost said Julius Randle, not Julius Randle, Joel Embiid for an extended amount of time. can't remember what it was he did. I think he hyperextended his knee or something like that. Maybe he pulled his MCL. I can't remember exactly. Uh, but he's out for an extended amount of time, has been for a while. Just kind of they're riding the wave until he can hopefully come back towards playoff time. Just hold on to a five seed or a six seed. Stay out of the playing tournament until Joel Embiid can maybe come back during the playoffs. First round situation type thing. Take on a three seeded, you know, Milwaukee Bucks that's been kind of a mess or even the Knicks. That would be a fun, a fun matchup as well. If Joel Embiid can come back and it's a, a Knicks Sixers first round series, that's that's going to be must watch TV or a Bucks uh, Sixers first round series as well. That'll be must watch TV as well. So. Interesting to see what happens there, but they're kind of just holding on. They're holding on, just get to the playoffs, and they'll be okay. There's still a long way to go, but you know they they, they gotta they gotta hold out until they can get Joel Embiid back uh, and uh, see if they can actually make a big playoff run. Switching over. Uh, oh, actually, really quickly, um, just a quick thing I want to touch on. Wrapping up the Eastern Conference: Washington Wizards, Detroit Pistons. Two of the worst basketball teams I've ever seen in recent memory. They are terrible. Truly, truly, truly a bad team. Pistons are just kind of bad for a reason that I like. I kind of feel bad for them. The Wizards, I'm like, man, this is embarrassing because they signed Jordan Poole. Signed or traded for Jordan Poole. I can't remember which one it was. Signed or traded one of the two from the Warriors. Got him from the Warriors. They went and got Kyle Kuzma a couple years ago. Uh, and that team's just been kind of a joke and embarrassment. Uh, Jordan Poole has been one of the worst players in the NBA. Uh, it's just been a mess. Just the Wizards embarrassing the Pistons. I'm like, dang, this sucks. I feel bad for the Pistons. They're not great either. They have Cade Cunningham, who is a guy that should be somebody who's on the up and coming, uh, is a first round pick. He's got some of the tools. He's shown some flashes to be a guy that could be a, a star in this league, an all-star in this league. Um, but again, the Pistons with the, the talent they have around him as well, their defense is Terrible. I was talking about Monty Williams, I think a, a while ago when the Suns fired Monty Williams. Uh, that was a year ago, if I remember correctly. And I was I was stunned. I was stunned that they fired Monty Williams because I thought he was a good head coach. And uh, he's gone over to the Pistons and they paid him a boatload of money to come over and be the head coach for the Pistons. And it has not paid off. Uh, their defense has been atrocious. Their offense has not been very good either. It's just been a mess for them. Uh, and it's just kind of depressing to see where the Pistons uh, are. They did. They had a little bit of time there where it was like, okay, the Pistons are coming. They're they're finally. It looks like they have some sort of vision, and it feels like they're kind of on their way. And it's kind of it kind of all been taken out from under them. It's all been taken out from under. Especially when they drafted Kate Cunningham, it was like finally they got somebody. They got somebody to kind of build around. And now Kate Cunningham still could be that guy, but I mean, there's just nothing else around him right now that feels like is going to be good enough to 
make any sort of push for playoffs. It feels like Kate Cunningham's just going to be there and then he's going to be gone, uh, you know, rather quickly uh, to a new team come uh, his first free agency season, which I don't have in the front um, in front of me. So yeah. And then the wizards, woof, just uh, embarrassing uh, Western conference. We got a, maybe a slight handing over of the proverbial torch, the dominant torch, uh, LeBron James and the Lakers, not great. Uh, not a great, a great basketball team. The Warriors, a team that's dominated the Western conference for the last 10 years. Also not very good. They're both struggling. Both are playing in teams right now. And uh, neither really feels like they're going to be uh, able to make any real noise in the playoffs. They just don't have the firepower that they need. Their defenses aren't as good either. Draymond Green's just been struggling with a lot of on-the-court problems, I guess, for the Warriors that have really hindered that team. Uh, and, you know, with a lot of the his his antics, if you will, which is just part of his personality, but, you know, we'll call them antics, uh, that becomes a lot less uh, fun and amusing when your team is, you know, struggling to stay in the play-in tournament. And then he was gone for, like, 15 games during the regular season because he was basically suspended uh, for an extended period of time, basically a, a, a suspension without knowing when the end was. Um, and it was turned out to be like a 15, 20 game suspension. He came back. Uh, they've played a little bit better over the last few weeks, but still not a great team. Uh, Clay Thompson has looked the, like a shell of his former self as well. It just has not aged very well for that Warriors team. Uh, and then the Lakers, you know, they're kind of built around bunch of older guys no offense to lebron james lebron james still putting up absurd numbers at 39 years old the oldest player in the league uh but anthony davis as well and they just haven't really been able to come together their defense hasn't been great either uh so you know lakers kind of maybe the, the entire western conference maybe just handing over the proverbial torch if you will to the new teams that are going to take over the eastern conference like the two very young teams at the top timberwolves minnesota timberwolves with the best defense in the nba so far this season they have a 107.9 uh, defensive rating in the NBA, which is nearly two and a half points better than the next best team, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers, one of the best off or defensive teams in the entire NBA. Their uh, their offense leaves a little bit to a little bit to be desired. Um, they end up with a six point nine net rating, so their offense leaves a little bit to be desired. But they have a up and comer, I mean, not even up and comer. He's here. He's here to be seen. One of the best players, young players in the NBA. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Ant, they call him one of the best players in the NBA. He's kind of taken over the uh, taken over the star position from Carl Anthony Towns, the main primary ball handler position from Carl Anthony Towns from that team. Uh, and yeah, they really figured things out on this team. And last year, we were kind of getting to this point where we're like, this doesn't fit. Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert down low, just doesn't work for this team. And it, it wasn't great because we weren't seeing uh, Anthony Edwards, who I think we all kind of thought was going to be the star on this team. He wasn't able to kind of thrive in that position. They've really handed him the reins to the offense, and they've been a lot better because of it. And then given Gobert, the defensive duties, Cat has looked a lot better on defense as well. Just the entire team as a whole has looked a lot better defensively, uh, which has led their offense to become a lot better as well. So uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, number one seed in the NBA or in the uh, Western Conference right now. They're tied with... You know, no, uh, no bias here. Best team in the West, in my opinion. Best team in the NBA, in my opinion. Best rising team in the NBA, in my opinion. Best uh, MVP, in my opinion. Uh, MVP, in my opinion. Rookie of the year, in my opinion. Uh, Sixth man of the year, in my opinion. All on one team. Oklahoma City Thunder. They're back. They're here. I've waited many a years to have this team feel like, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to win a championship, but it, it, they should be hosting a playoff game. That's what I'll say. They should be hosting playoff series. In the upcoming playoffs, they're really good. MVP 
maybe not front runner because Jokic is still around and he's a god amongst men at this point. Uh, but one of the MVP front runners and Shea Gilgis Alexander, he's been unbelievable. One of the best players in the league, led by a couple other young guys. Chet Holmgren is finally back. He was gone all last season, playing in his rookie year now uh, after being drafted two seasons ago. He was hurt all of last year. Uh, and uh, now he's coming back and he's playing uh, with a purpose. Jalen Williams, J-Dub, as they call him, because they have two Jalen Williams on the Oklahoma City theme. Uh, there's J-Dub and J-Will. J-Dub is the other sophomore this year who is playing out of his mind, going to quickly becoming one of the shining young stars in the NBA as well. Uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, SGA, is the oldest starting uh, starting player in that starting lineup. He is 25 years old. 25, and he's the oldest starting player on that starting five rotation. So hopefully, and I'm not, I'm definitely, I don't know if you can tell, not a Thunder fan whatsoever. Don't like him, but they do have the MVP on their team. Six man of the year on their team, Isaiah Joe, absolute lights out shooter. Not really six man of the year. I don't think he's going to win six man, but he's a lights out shooter, very underrated player. Uh, and then J Dub, going to be a very, very good, maybe most improved player this season. Probably not, but I hope so. I really hope so. Uh, and then Chet as well. Just a lot coming for this Thunder team. And it's not just it's not just names. They're a very good offensive team. Offensive rating in terms of offensive rating, they're a very good offensive team. 119.6 in offensive rating. That's good for third best. They're also a good defensive team. 111.4 defensive rating. That's good for fourth in the NBA. They have the second best net rating in the entire NBA with 8.2 net rating uh, behind the Boston Celtics who have a 10.5 net rating. Uh, they're coming, ladies and gentlemen. They are on their way, and I couldn't be more happy. Man, I was watching bad teams for a long time for this Thunder team. Just bad teams. Tank Central. We traded uh, Paul George towards the end of the 2018 season, I think is what it was, uh, and uh, basically got more picks than if you owned a flower uh, a garden. You know, we had more picks than that. That was a bad joke. And then we just kind of wrote it out for a while. Like if I told you the Thunder in 20, what was this, 2021, 2022, so just a few years ago, uh, we're starting a, uh, in a couple games, starting guys by the name of Jalen Horde, uh, Veet Crick, I think, I think is how you say it, uh, Theo Maladon, Ty Jerome, and uh, Mama Diakite, I think is how you say that, and Xavier Simpson as well, throw him in there. Which of those names do you think are real and which of those names are fake can you guess that's a true question they're all real those were all real players that played for this team in 2021 2020 uh 2020 whatever 2022 2021 2021 and 2022 that those were real players that played for the team and uh now here we are we got we got stars on the team no offense to those guys by all means obviously they might make very good rotational players uh, but we were just got to the point like the thunder just got to the point where they were like look it's tank city out here okay we got shea that's going to be our centerpiece. We're getting top five picks from here on out. Doesn't matter. And we're going to get other people's top five picks. That's that's where they were. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry. I'm just going off on the Thunder. Nobody wants to hear Thunder talk. Okay. Here's here. I'll make up for you. Nuggets. Still very good. Probably the best team in the league, in my opinion. Feels like they're just kind of rolling it. They're just like, you know what? We're just going to roll with the punches. Not going for the one seed or whatever. Don't really need it. You know, if you get home field advantage or home court advantage, that's great in the playoffs. And then they're feeling good. Maybe feeling the hurt a little bit on their bench. Their bench isn't as good as it was last year, in my opinion. Uh, but they still have a very solid starting five. Nikola Jokic, yeah, Jokic is a is a joke, in my opinion. Just like in a good way, just an absolute joke of a uh, starting player in this league. One of the, I mean, I'll be honest with you, kind of have to be start talking about him being in the GOAT conversation. Uh, just in terms of what he's able to do. 
doesn't have any uh, you know the accolades to sit up there with LeBron or or Jordan or Kobe or anything like that obviously uh but just with how well versed he is in every offensive aspect of the game uh like you have to like maybe the most unstoppable force in the entire NBA when it comes to offense there's just nothing you can do uh and it feels like he's got like a camera on the back of his head that he can see uh, and just see things that nobody else sees. He's unbelievable. One of the best players I've ever seen play the game of basketball. He, arguably, here's I'll take it a step further. Maybe not the GOAT conversation, but we can definitely have the conversation where he might be the greatest center of all time. That's not a joke. I'm being 100% honest with that. I don't think, I, like, you can make the arguments with a couple of guys, obviously. Will, or, uh, Will Chamberlain, sure. Bill Russell, sure. Uh, Kareem, sure. Shaq, sure. Whatever. But there's nobody uh, that, like on that list that I just list of people that I just mentioned that were as complete as Nikola Jokic. Like he he will beat you in every form, every way of playing basketball, whether it be a pull up mid range jumper that looks like Dirk Nowitzki to post up. I'll hit you with a hook shot or I'll hit you with a behind the hat behind the back pass. I'll either hit you with the mid range jump shot for my 36th point in the game. I'll back you down, throw you with a behind the back pass to my cutting guard. Uh, who just laid it in, and that'll be my 14th assist of the game, or I miss my mid-range jumper, go get, go and get the rebound, and now that's actually my 14th rebound as well. That's how he gets you. He's just He does everything, and he also just doesn't look athletic at all while he's doing it. I don't think he can dunk. He tried to dunk during the All-Star game, and he just couldn't do it, which is crazy. That's insane to me. He's a center. He plays center, primarily plays center, cannot dunk the basketball, and he's just are probably the best player in the NBA, if not the greatest center I've ever seen play basketball. And he looks like if he wasn't six foot nine or whatever he is, I point, if I pointed him at it, like if he was my size, I'd be like, that guy does, that guy works electrical. That's what I would say. I'd be like, that guy does electrical. I think he maybe does uh breakers and stuff. He, he works electrical and whatnot. If he wasn't six foot 10, like that's what I would say. That's what he looks like. He doesn't look like he should be anywhere near a basketball court, but I, he just carves it up. I, you know, what can you say? It's Nikola Jokic. I mean, he just defies all laws of creating of basketball players, in my opinion. And he's probably the greatest center I've ever seen play the game of basketball. So the most complete uh, center I've ever played at the game. I've ever seen play the game of basketball for sure. Most complete for sure. So yeah, Basketball, huh? It's basketball time. It's basketball time. Really quickly, some storylines we want to talk about. We want to look at for the rest of the season. The Bucks, can they figure it out? We'll see. Doc Rivers, not a lot of hope there, but maybe they can figure it out. Go on a little run in the Eastern Conference. We'll see if the Knicks aren't healthy, if the Sixers aren't healthy. That clears things up for them a little bit. They do run into a juggernaut like uh, like the Celtics, obviously, and that will become a problem. But, you know, if the Knicks can't get healthy or the Sixers get healthy, that'll clear some things up for them to get through. Uh, the first couple rounds, but they do again, they would have to play the Sixers or the, not the Sixers, the Pacers at some point, And the Pacers have already swept them in a season series. So, you know, East is pretty difficult. East is not an easy conference to be uh, trifling around with in, uh, in the playoffs. So yeah, can the bucks figure it out? Uh, The Knicks, do they actually have what it takes to come out of the East again, a tough conference, but other than the Celtics, it feels like it's kind of wide open. If the Knicks can kind of uh, bring guys back, Get healthy. Julius Randle come back. OG Ananubi come back. Uh, they can. I can absolutely see them see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals if they're playing the Celtics. That's a very tough matchup. But we saw last year uh, the Celtics get outed by uh, the Miami Heat, uh, an eight seed beating. I think they were the one seed that year as well. An eight seed beating a one seed. So who knows? Who knows with the Knicks? But they have the talent, in my opinion. They have the defense to do it. Uh, they just need to get healthy in order to make that run through. The playoffs. Um, and then MVP rookie of the year race. 
Very interesting. Nikola Jokic leading the way in odds, uh, from what I understand, for MVP, obviously. Shea Gilgis-Alexander is not far behind him. Joel Embiid, if he comes back, he might have some odds there as well, but that feels like a three-horse race uh, as of right now. Luka Doncic is kind of making some noise, but it does feel like it's kind of a three-team race right now for or three, uh, three-player race for that award right now. And then Rookie of the Year, it's definitely a two-dog race. Victor Wimanyama, also one of the craziest specimens I've seen on a basketball court. Guy's seven foot six. He's draining threes. He's got dribble moves. You can't shoot over him because he'll block everything. He's just one of the weirdest specimens I've ever seen on a basketball court as well. Uh, and then Chet Holmgren, kind of in the similar category as him, uh, running right behind him in the Rookie of the Year race. Maybe a little bit smaller, not as effective uh, when it comes to like dribble moves and whatnot as Victor Wimanyama, but still a guy that can knock down uh, shots at, from three and whatnot. Maybe a little bit more efficient than Victor Wimanyama, uh, but still just two monsters, literal monsters playing the game of monsters, if you will, playing the game of basketball right now. And that's kind of where the rookie of the year race is. So we'll see how that one ends up as well. Kind of coming down to Wimby and Chet for that award. So yeah, basketball, it's here, ladies and gentlemen. You get no football to be watched. Sorry, I'm sad about it too. We do have EA college football, the game coming out here pretty soon. I'm excited for that. I didn't touch on that very much, but man, I the trailer that they released for that, I, I'll be honest with you, got a little steamy-eyed because man, it's been... 11 years, 11 years I've been waiting for a college football game to play. I've been playing NCAA 14 since that one, since that one uh, came out 11 years ago. I've still been playing that. And now we are finally getting an EA college football 25 coming out sometime in the summer. Apparently we're going to see more of it in May. I'm just happy. I'm just happy. Couldn't be happier for that. So yeah, that's sports. I'm back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. We're back talking about sports. Uh, That's going to wrap things up. I want to thank you guys very much for tuning in to the Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast. I've been your host, James Timberlake. Oh, uh, please remember to leave a rating on all the podcasting platforms that you listen to this on. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen, please leave a rating. I'd greatly appreciate that. Leave a comment as well if you don't mind. I'd greatly appreciate that as well. No matter what, if you guys don't leave a rating or anything, just come back and listen. I I appreciate that more than anything. Just listen. I appreciate that more than anything. Appreciate it. Uh, All right. So, yeah, that's going to wrap things up. We'll see you guys next week. Weekend Sports Wrap Podcast. I've been your host, James Timberlake.